Destination Eat Drink is up next. But first, listen to this great other show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Espresso. French press. Mocha. Frappuccinos. None of these will be discussed, but all will be used on Caffeinated Comics. It's a weekly podcast about comics, movies, TV, and collectibles, hosted by a former comic book store owner and an ex-comedian. What a resume. Sometimes there's special guests. Sometimes it's just us reporting the latest geek news and arguing, like why I love cable. And why you're wrong about that. So join us each week on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network for superpowers and caffeine. Remember when you made those cappuccinos? Yeah, that whole day's a whole blur. Food cart pods the country's largest craft beer scene, and great breakfast spots. This week, we're in Portland, Oregon. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we visit a different city and talk about the great things to eat and drink there, as well as cool things to do. And this week, we're in the foodie paradise of Portland, Oregon. But first, don't forget to subscribe to Destination Eat Drink. You'll get every episode on your phone, tablet, or computer when it drops each Friday. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, and of course, RadioMisfits.com all have it. I've also got a list and link to all the episodes archived at DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on Podcast. Angie Johnson was on the fast track for a career in management and a lifetime of security when she quit her job, sold her stuff, and with her then-boyfriend, now-husband, set out for an around-the-world adventure. It was during that trip they decided to start a food tour company in Portland, Oregon. Eat Adventures Food Tours specializes in taking visitors to places that adhere to Portland's local ingredients ethos. So let's talk food carts, donuts, Pinot Noir, and Portlandia with Eat Adventures Food Tours' Angie Johnson. Destination Eat Drink. Angie, Portland is probably one of the coolest, hippest cities in the whole country. And, you know, keep Portland weird and all that. But, you know, when a city gets really popular, a lot of times what happens is gentrification happens, rents go up, and a lot of the cool places, the mom and pops, the artisans, they get forced out because of these high rents that's no longer affordable. I saw this happen in Austin when I lived there. How is Portland dealing with its newfound popularity? Well, you just dive right in there. We're, <laughs> we're talking about the controversial stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, you're absolutely right. You know, Portland has grown in popularity, and it's not just um, travelers. We have a lot of people moving here. So it is something that we've struggled with a lot. Um, infrastructure, housing, all of that. We are full of small businesses. You know, you go into any one of our neighborhoods, Alberta, um, Mississippi. So I think it's a combination of, like I said, the community um, and the developers making that work. And one of the things that I know has been working, I don't know if we can attribute all of it to this, but a lot of the leaf spaces are a little bit smaller. And so what that does is it makes rent a little bit more affordable, but it also makes space really tight. And so that kind of leads into one of the things, one of kind of the cultural phenomena of Portland, 
is this whole idea of standing in line. You know, it's a hobby for us almost. Okay. You'll wait 45 minutes for brunch. Yeah, and people are fine with it. And, you know, a smaller space means you can't have a ginormous chain store move in there either. Well, and I actually think that that's, um, that's intentional. And really, in a developer standpoint, I think the larger spaces are more ideal if you can get one of those chain store anchor tenants, you know, your guaranteed rent. So I think it's a very cool thing that we've seen in Portland that even though we're growing so far, we're still really supporting the small business. As an outsider, I love Portland, and I also love the show Portlandia. But I wonder how someone who lives in Portland, how the community of Portland views a TV show like that, that kind of, you know, makes fun of a certain segment of the population of Portland. Well, with that show, I feel like they're making fun of something you can find anywhere. You know, I mean, you go to Brooklyn, you'll find these people. You go to Berkeley, you'll find these people. Austin. I also think, yeah, Austin. Um, I think that Portland makes itself an easy target. You know, we do have a lot of quirkiness in our town. Um, you know, like the feminist bookstore is something that existed, and that was where that skit came from. We do get people sometimes who have watched that show, and they want Portland so badly to be like a Portland episode. <laughs> um, but the truth is, we're just a normal city. I mean, of course, you've got quirky people everywhere, but, um, you know, it, it's a fun thing to have an episode that hits close to home because you can laugh and you'll be like, yeah, I, I know that person. You know, Portland has what's got to be the best street food scene in the entire United States. But you guys don't have food trucks per se. You have something called food cart pods. What exactly yeah. are food cart pods? I can talk for three hours about this. <laughs> we do a tour specifically for our food cart pods because it is incredible, you know, what we've built here. Backing up really quick, we do food carts. We don't do food trucks. Our food carts don't have to be mobile. Um, They don't have to move at the end of the day. They can stay exactly where they're at. And they're in these clusters that we call pods. And a pod is when you've got three or more carts in one location. So you've got these clusters of pods all over the city. It's kind of like a gaggle of geese or a murder of crows. (laughs) You've got our pods of carts. And um, usually, historically, what it's been is on private property. And where this really exploded um, was in 2008, 2009. We had food carts and pods, you know, 20 years ago was when it really started in downtown Portland. But when it exploded was when the economy kind of went south. And a lot of people were trying to figure out how they were going to make money. So you have people who owned the land who found they could make more profit leasing it out to a cart as opposed to just a parked car. And then you had people who were just starting food carts because they didn't know what they would do. You know, maybe they got laid off and maybe they just needed a change in direction. Nowadays, we have a lot more classically trained chefs in the cart. So back in 2008 and 2009, we had, you know, a variety of people opening food carts. And so that's when we saw the whole scene really explode to what it is now. And we've got about somewhere around 700 carts throughout the city. It's incredible. Yeah, and so that's why our tour that we do is a driving tour. Because if you really want to see the food cart scene, you have to get into the neighborhood. Because there's a difference between the downtown food cart pods and the neighborhood neighborhood cart pods. The neighborhood pods are just more community-oriented. And what are some of your favorite uh, food cart pods or maybe some of your favorite food carts that you would be visiting? Tell me about them and what they serve and why they're so good. Definitely, definitely. Um the pods themselves, they tend to shift around a little bit because um, it's all land that hasn't been developed. 
So it's either an empty lot or a parking lot. And we already touched on how quickly Portland's growing. So these lots are ideal for developers. So what we see is somebody coming into where a pod was and developing it. And then the cart, you know, moves to other locations. Either it's an incentive for them to start a brick and mortar, go into a food hall, or maybe just start a new food cart pod somewhere else. So the pods themselves change. And, um, you know, and I'm happy to tell you some of my favorites, but in a couple of years, maybe those locations will change as well. Right. They could um, be gone. Well, and, and it really does, and it happens, and you just all move with the flow of things. Um, one of the most well-known pods is Prost Marketplace. Um, it's a parking lot that's adjacent to Prost, which is a beer bar. And it's just this cool pod. You go there, you get a drink. Um, another pod that I love is the Barley Pod. It's on Halsey and I think 60th. Um, and that one has 15, 10, 15 carts. And we have everything from ramen to pizza to uh, Korean Hawaiian, you know, you have this variety. It's it's really amazing. One of my favorite food carts to eat at and then also to take guests to is actually called Viking Soul Food. Um, they do lesser wraps, which is like a potato based crepe, you know, the Scandinavian kind of flatbread. Oh cool. And they're incredible. You know, Meg and Jeremy, the owners, they've been doing this since twenty ten. We've been going there on our tours for about eight years. Um, that one's on the site called Belmont. So that, that's in the Belmont neighborhood. We also love Namu. Um, that was a Korean-Hawaiian part. They do all kinds of things. I mean, you put bulgogi on something, and I will go there. It's just delicious. <laughs> you know, there's a part that we go to regularly called Smokin. They do um, waffle sandwiches, and we love to do their dessert waffle sandwiches on our food tour. Oh, dessert waffles. Wow. I know. Really, I have I have dozens of carts I could talk about. There's just so many. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, you know, I love the food carts in Portland, and I was talking with you earlier, you know, the first time we visited Portland, I think it was 2011 or 2012, and I was just blown away by the variety. You know, at that time, uh, food trucks wasn't the huge thing that it is today, and it just kind of blew my little mind when I saw what was going on there. <laughs> Well, you're right. You're absolutely right because it wasn't on TV yet, and it was just kind of in our little corner of the world. Portland is like the great breakfast city in the U.S. What are some of your favorite places to go for breakfast? Oh, we do have a lot of really great breakfast locations. I think there's other other cities that might question whether we're the great, but we're all pretty proud of our breakfast spots here. And some of some favorite, you know, I actually uh, talked to my guides about this recently. Gravy is one of the favorites in Portland. Um, the portion sizes are enormous, and it can last for days. <laughs> Something that travelers love to visit is Mother's. It's centrally located. It's just really well done um, right downtown. And then Tin Shed's another one. This is this is very Portland. Uh, Tin Shed not only is dog-friendly, they even have a dog menu. <laughs> it's just very Portland. Oh, that takes it to the next level. I mean, there's places there that'll let you have your pooch in there with you, but actually having the menu to go with it, that yep. is really, that is awesome. Very Portland. I love Voodoo Donuts. Um, they actually opened a Voodoo Donuts in Austin. I don't know if they've opened them in other cities. I, I guess they must have thought Austin, Portland, we need to have a Voodoo Donuts there. But there are other great donut places in Portland. Uh, talk about some of these places and what we can get unique as far as donuts go. Yes. Somehow, somehow, out of nowhere, Portland became known as a donut city, which was unexpected, but very cool. 
it really did start with Juju Donuts and then it's expanded from there. Um, a lot of people say that if you want, you know, a really good quality donut or an adult donut, go to Blue Star. They've got a lot of locations around town and some really amazing donuts. Um, they try to do local flavors and change up their flavors. Tips Original, they make small mini donuts uh, made to order. Um, one of the donut spots that we actually feature on one of our tours is Nola Donuts, and they have a fantastic story. It's family-owned. It's three siblings. Um, they come from New Orleans, and they actually make a donut that is a little unique. It's um, a laminated donut dough, so done in layers, and then made into a donut. Oh. And they call it the La Sant. So it's, it's a donut dough made in a croissant way, where like a cronut is a cronut dough made at the donut. Right. So it's a little different, um, but they've got a couple locations. I mean, really, you could have a whole podcast just on Portland Donuts, I think. We're talking to Angie Johnson of Eat Adventures Food Tours. She does food tours all over Portland, Oregon. Angie, you go into different neighborhoods in Portland, and I think that's really important to get a real feel for the vibe of the city. Talk about some of the neighborhoods that you guys go into on your food tours and what makes them unique. Well, we have on our driving food tour, we drive through quite a few neighborhoods. Um, so we stopped at, well, currently, you know, um, we've got Mississippi, we can hit Alberta, um, you can go down Hawthorne. But as far as just really getting into a neighborhood, um, we go into Alberta, which is really known as Portland's Arts District. And there's just so much history and so much to talk about, so much to eat in that um, neighborhood. So that was why we really wanted to focus there, because it does um, capture a lot of the gentrification and some of the struggles that the neighborhood has been through and how we're we're dealing with that today, but then also showing guests a part of town that maybe they wouldn't have found otherwise. Alberta is called the Alberta Arts District. What makes it so artsy in Alberta? Well, back in the 90s, we had a big artist community living there. And at that time, it was a little rough around the edges. And so there was this grassroots movement that wanted to support the artists, support the local businesses, and they started this event called Last Thursday. And it was an art walk, like a street walk. And it was the last Thursday of every month. And the artists could put up a card table and sell their work on the side of the street. And it just became really popular. And over the decades, it kind of got out of control as far as this little grassroots movement. Right. couldn't really keep up with how popular it had gotten. I mean, you'd have thousands of people out there. But we have this big art walk that um, nowadays it's just in the summer months. So June, July, and August. And then as you're going down the street, you see a lot of public artwork. We have local artists, internationally acclaimed artists, lots of murals, some sculptures. So it's just a very quirky, it's a very Portland neighborhood. Let's talk about drinking in Portland, because when I think of Portland, I think it's one of the very first cities to really embrace local craft beer. I mean... I can't imagine there's another city that has more breweries per capita than Portland does. So talk about a few of the breweries that they have in Portland, and what are some of your favorites? Portland is definitely known for its breweries, and I don't think we have the most per capita, but sheer numbers, I, I believe that we have the most. We've got somewhere around 70 breweries inside the city limits of Portland, and there's a lot of reasons for that. One is the proximity to ingredients. The great water that we have that comes from our, our Bull Run watershed and also liquor licensing makes it easier. But one of my favorite breweries is Ecliptic Brewing. They're on North Mississippi. 
John Harris is the brewer there. He's been in the brewing industry in Oregon for decades, like 30 years. And um, he's really well known for his time at other breweries. And when he started Ecliptic about six years ago, instantly he had these beers that were winning awards internationally and just doing so well. And so he just, for his commitment to the community, his level of brewing, he makes one of the best porters I've ever had. And also, he hired the chef at the same time that he opened the brewery. So he's also doing this seasonal menu to complement the beers. So I think everything about him just encompasses the Portland spirit. Do you guys do a, a tour dedicated just to beers? We have a tour that um, we kind of combine a couple things. Right now we have a tour that's breweries and food carts. We have done private tours before that are just going and doing beers. Um, we do lots of private events for local companies where you, you add a brewery and then you add something else. And so beer being such a key player in the Portland food scene, it, even if we're not going to a brewery, a lot of our tours, we serve beer at some point during it. You know, I think of Portland as being a beer city, but really you guys are right next to one of the great wine growing regions in the country. For me, the Willamette Valley I mean, if I could just drink Willamette Valley Pinot Noirs for the rest of my life, I think I'd probably be happy. Talk about the wine <laughs> scene in Portland and how we can best experience it. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of people that come here just for the wine. And for the record, it's a really tricky word if you're not from here. So <laughs> yes. as locals, we pronounce it Willamette. And one of the ways, yes, and one of the ways that the tour companies have you remember that is they say, it's Willamette, damn it. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> yeah, I won't forget that now. <laughs> so we have so much wine at our disposal. I mean, the Willamette Valley is really renowned for its pinots, and we're starting to get more and more grapes and varietals grown out there, Chardonnays, Riesling, there's just a lot of great stuff coming from there. But that's just one wine region in Oregon. It's such a big state that we have a lot of different AVAs. You can go down into Southern Oregon if you want more robust, like Italian varietals. You can even just pop over into Washington. There's a lot of Cab Sauv. What's great about having so much wine around us is that comes into the city as well. And what we're seeing popping up are all of these urban wineries, which is like a brewery where you the ingredients are grown somewhere else. You bring it in and you make it on site. And what's fantastic for the urban wineries is they don't have to worry about the farming side of things. They just buy the ingredients, they buy the grapes, and they make it there and they sell it just like a brew pub, kind of. And there's a couple that I really love in Portland, but one of my favorites is Southeast Wine Collective. It's off of Southeast Division, and it's just a great atmosphere. They serve um, some snacks while you're having their wine. It's, it's a really cool place to visit if you're in town. I love the sound of that. Because, you know, you like you said, you've got breweries. Why not have wineries doing the same thing in town? Are there any places where we could go um, and maybe go to a wine bar and experience a lot of different wineries? In other words, they've got all kinds of different bottles that we could sample. Definitely. So South Park Seafood, which is in downtown Portland, in addition to having an amazing seafood menu, I mean, they have this enormous oyster bar. Um, the back part of their... Um, restaurant, the bar area, is a wine bar, and they have lots of different wines you can choose from. So they've got their own wine, they've got lots of other wines, and they have great things to eat. So you really can't go wrong. Now, you mentioned your driving tours for Eat Adventure 
food tours, Angie, and you also have a walking tour. Tell us about the walking tour in Portland. We have a few. Um, We've got probably our most popular one is the afternoon downtown Portland walking tour because it really has turned into a sort of best of Portland. We've got a food hall, a food cart, fine dining, wine, beer, dessert. So all the stuff we're getting to be known for is in that tour. And that's, we call it um, the deluxe foodie experience. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a downtown brunch tour. We hit up a donut shop. We do coffee, breakfast sandwich. Um, there's a cocktail in there as we get more on the lunch side of things. So again, you know, just trying to encompass everything that it's going to be known for and making it really easy in this three-hour experience. You mentioned the food halls. Um, are What are the food halls in Portland that we should go and visit? One of the, my favorites in Portland is actually Pine Street Market. It's down near Old Town, and it's this old carriage house from the 1800s. I mean, it was literally, it was like a parking garage for carriages and horses. And it, since about 1900, had all kinds of different things in there. During the 80s, it was nightclubs. It was warehouse earlier on. But now it's a food hall. And what's great is you have really good food at affordable prices. Because the food hall really allows that. Rents are a little bit lower because you're sharing so many things. You're sharing seating. Um, in some places, you're sharing dishwashing and storage. You know, so it helps, especially restaurants that are going from food cart into that next step of having a full kitchen. It's a really good stepping stone for them to be successful, to not bite off so much, you know, as a whole brick-and-mortar restaurant on their own. So I recommend if you're in Portland, check out Portland Food or um, there's Portland Food Hall as well and Pine Street Market. Check out one of our food halls. They're very cool. If you were going to Pine Street Market this evening for dinner, where's the first place you would go and what would you order? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's say let's say you're going with a group of people. <laughs> what would no, you? No, okay. There's a few things that I love there. Um, one of my favorites is Kim Jong Grillin. It's Korean. Um, it, he started as a food cart. He was actually on Chopped, an episode of Chopped. And so he's really grown, and he has a great Korean um, restaurant there in the food hall. Kyote is another good one. They do arepas, so these little corn cakes. It's Colombian-inspired, delicious. Um, there's a lot of stuff there, and you can get beer and coffee, and it's Portland. Yeah, of course. I love I love the food hall thing that's coming to the U.S. now because we've been eating, we've been loving the food halls in Europe for years, and now it's mm-hmm. really coming to the U.S., and I think it's a great, great trend. It is, and I think that it, it does so much for the community because you have small businesses that are succeeding, but then it's usually in a, in a building that, like for the instance of the old carriage building that Pine Street Market's in, it's a historic building, and they don't want to tear it down. So it gives new life to this building that's been there for over 100 years. Angie, what else do you want to tell us about your city of Portland that you love and you find exciting and people should know about? Well, one of the things that we haven't talked about is just why Portland is considered a foodie city. Yes. And, I mean, we've talked about all the individual pieces, the food carts, the beer, all of that. But one of the key things is our proximity to ingredients. Um, we are in the Willamette Valley, we're in the northern part, and due to urban growth boundaries, we're really close to all of the farms. Um, and we can grow so many things. Oregon grows something like 240 different crops, and our largest food crop is wheat. So we have everything from 
you know, organic heirloom varietal wheat to um, marion berries. You know, it's a berry specific to Oregon that most people have never heard of. We're the nation's leading producer of the Bartlett pear and of the hazelnut. Um, we've got great wine-growing regions. Between Oregon and Washington, we grow 14 different types of hops, you know. So we have so much at our disposal. And what's that? what that's done is it's allowed every type of restaurant in Oregon to be farm-to-table or be seasonal. So most of the time when you go to a farm-to-table restaurant, you expect it to be fine dining and kind of expensive. But what we find here is our food carts are seasonal. Our ice cream shops have seasonal menus. Our breweries, I mentioned Ecliptic, they have a seasonal menu. So it's having the proximity to these farms has helped to make our whole food industry really local. And I think that it's kind of upped it. You know, we just have really high quality, really delicious food. And everybody is so community-oriented that the small business is thriving. That's a great description of Portland. I just adored my time that we spent in Portland. And now I need to make it a top priority to get back and um, to get on an Eat Adventures food tour. If folks want to go on a tour with you, Angie, tell us how we can get in touch and how we can reserve a spot. All of our information is online, and that's a really easy way to just see what tours we offer, you know, what you would be interested in, um, the times. We can... Um, we can accommodate most dietary restrictions. You know, um, being in Portland, we have so many options, great gluten-free restaurants, great vegetarian options. So most of our tours can accommodate that. And then, you know, anybody that has specific questions, they can always send me an email, just info at Eat Adventures, and I'd be happy to help them out with whatever they need. Angie Johnson from Eat Adventures Food Tours, thanks for being on the program. We look forward to seeing you in Portland, Oregon. My pleasure. There is just so much to love about Portland. I got to get back there ASAP because Nola Donuts is surely calling my name. If you're planning a trip, get to DestinationEatDrink.com. I've got over 40 foodie travel guides to spots all over, including a dozen U.S. destinations like New Orleans, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Savannah, Georgia, and Honolulu. Each one has tons of info about the best places to go on your next foodie vacay. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we are in Chicago for pizza and it's way more than just Chicago deep dish pizza. Trust me, you will be surprised. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thank you, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.